now it's that time again on the Tan Talk Radio Network. The Marv Cutler Show, featuring Marv Cutler, live from somewhere out there in America. Here's your host, Marv Cutler. Hey, good evening, Clearwater and the rest of Tampa Bay and Little Rock and all your surrounding uh, states. It's uh, good to be back here. Um, I am broadcasting live from Vegas. This is my show, Live from Vegas. And I got a lot of uh, things to talk about tonight, and uh, I got a great guest coming on a little bit. So I want to get started with the Las Vegas Philharmonic. This is a this is truly a, a wonderful orchestra, and I'm um, I, I, they they had a couple of concerts in the last couple of weeks, and I want to uh, tell you about um, these wonderful concerts. Uh, the first one was the Masterworks one. Um, the guest conductor was. Andrew Grams was in line to become the the conductor, <clears throat> and he um, is one of the the new auditions uh, being. Uh, but he's a terrific conductor, and the reason why they're looking for another conductor again after such a short time is because uh, some sort of a brouhaha happened, and um, we lost our, our conductor. He just walked out, so. Uh, they're, they're searching again for another conductor. But the Masterworks one, he did a wonderful job. And, and, and he's, it was so great, he, he played his encores before the concert. So we had a, a wonderful rendition of the um, William Tell Overture. And then uh, Beethoven's uh, Concerto for Violin, Cello, and Piano with um, Nava Perlman on piano, uh, Philippe Quint on violin, and Zul Bailey on uh, cello. Uh, and then after intermission... Uh, Mussorgsky's picture at an exhibition, which was orchestrated by Ravel. And this past Saturday night, Pops won. Uh, Tyrus Kreisa, who was a local conductor, he's not in line for the uh, conductor's uh, position, he conducted um, the Charlie Chaplin uh, concert. Uh, and this was a this was a, a really terrific concert. Actually, what it was, was... Uh, a film uh, we watched, the silent film City Lights from 1931 uh, with Charles Cha- Charlie Chaplin, and uh, the orchestra played the, the musical background and some of um, uh, the sound effects. And this is a uh, this is a wonderful film anyway. And with the live orchestra, uh, it was absolutely uh, spectacular and uh, unbe- unbelievably uh, one of the extras. In the um, in the uh, movie, I don't know if anybody realizes. I, I spotted her right away, or I knew where to look. Um, it was actually Jean Hollow. She was an extra in this film, uh, City Lights. And the the orchestration was really terrific. The Las Vegas Philharmonic doing a great job. And um, if you ever get a chance to see City Lights, it's really quite a quite a terrific film. Uh, so yeah, you might want to. Check it out. Uh, also in, in Vegas, uh, I've been in Vegas, um, I'm back in Vegas for about a little over a month now, and there's so many things happening. Um, uh, we had the, uh, the PBR, the Professional Bull Riders uh, World Finals, and uh, for the first time in history, uh, a 19-year history of the PBR, there were back-to-back winners of the World Championship and the World Finals. Silvano Alves 
from Brazil, repeated as world champion, and and Robson Palermo, repeated as world, uh, he's also from Brazil, I repeated as world finals champion, and uh, I got I to give a lot of credit to uh, Robson Palermo. He actually dislocated his kneecap um, after the second night of, um, of, the, of the PBR, and uh and he was limping, and he was in a lot of pain. But he he stuck it out, and he and he actually won the uh, uh, the the world finals uh, championship. Um, so I, I got to give him a lot of credit. It was a very uh, interesting um, um, PBR. Uh, I want to give credit to um, most of the Brazilians that um, that uh, participated and. Um, if you if you ever get a chance, I think we're going to New York in January. So if you get a chance to, to check out the PBR, um, it's really worthwhile checking it out. In the meantime, I know uh, I hope he's doing a good job uh, tonight with my show because I know that Cedric is is watching the football game, and um, you know I I hope he doesn't get too interested in the football game because. You know, we got a lot of show here to do. But in the meantime, Cedric, uh, what's the score and who's winning? See that? I, I called for Frederick uh, to give me a score and who's winning. Oh, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Uh, I'm looking at the score right now. It's 3-21, uh, th- uh, uh, New Orleans 21. Okay, 21-3, to three, New Orleans over the Eagles. Well, that's good. I'm, I, 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 I don't like the Eagles. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not makes me happy. They're not the looking only, very good. The only time I root for the Eagles is when they're playing a a, a, a team in the uh, AFC East. You know, uh, you know, get, except for the Patriots. So that's the only time I root for the root for the Eagles. Um, we got Gabe coming on. If he's if he's if he's not there yet, if he's not there yet, uh, we'll talk to him in a little bit. Um. From Pacific Archery, and um, let me uh, give you a couple of uh, I got a couple of book reviews while we're waiting uh, to get a hold of Gabe. Um, the ARE, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, is Edgar Casey's uh, organization, and they publish some really, really, really good books. And I want to I want to tell you about a couple of new books that just recently came come out by. A.R.E. Uh, the first one is it's called 2038, and explores the uh, prophecy hidden in the Great Pyramid. This is uh, John Van Auken's uh, new book, and explores the hidden secrets of the uh, Great Pyramid of Egypt and, and a prophecy in stone that points to these present times, especially to the years from 1958 to uh, 2038. Van Auken presents the whole story in detail, including the timeless timeline associated with world events, taking it to the level of an ancient prophecy of humankind's journey that continues into today. The, the book is published by ARE, as I said, Fourth Dimension Press, uh, and explores the spiritual nature with an ancient perspective on the human journey, including life beyond death. John Van Auken is the director at Edgar Cayce's ARE and is one of the organization's most popular speakers. Another book that uh, recently published by ARE, is um, entitled The New Holistic Health Guide of Healing Packs and Simple Remedies. Holistic health and alternative therapies are becoming 
increasingly popular. Author Elaine Luska's new book, Edgar Casey's actually that's the title, Edgar Casey's Quick and Easy Remedies, is published by ARE Press. It's a complete holistic guide to healing packs, poultices, and other homemade remedies. The treatments from this easy to follow guidebook are based on the uh, psychic readings of Edgar Casey, who was called the founder of holistic medicine by the American Medical Association. And the information given in the readings is still being researched and continues to bring relief to thousands suffering from various ailments. The book, book is a perfect resource for the holistic home that includes the easy-to-follow index by symptom and remedy. And Elaine Ruska, the, um, the author, is a therapist uh, for the Edgar Casey Area Health Center Spa, located in Houston, Texas, and she holds her MA in Transpersonal Studies from Atlantic University and is considered an expert on the Edgar Casey Health Readings. So um, you might want to check those books out. Um, you can get them on Amazon or you can get them at your local bookstore or you can go to um, ARE uh, Press and uh, check it out. Uh, two really good books by the ARE Press. Okay. We had a um, great concert last night, a really great concert, I, I, I want to mention. Um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears was here in Las Vegas at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And uh, what, a, what a terrific concert room this is, a terrific um, venue, and uh, the sound is terrific. And uh, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears was, was so crisp. Before I tell you any more, let's play... Um, uh, some blood, sweat, and tears in his uh, spinning wheel. What goes up must come down. Spinning wheel got to go round. Talking about your troubles, it's a crying sin. Ride a painted pony, let the spinning wheel spin. You got no money and you. You got no home Spinning wheel All alone Talking about your troubles And you, you never learn Ride a painted pony Let the spinning wheel turn Did you find the directing sign On the straight and
concert after I speak to my guest. We got Gabe from Pacific Archery right here in Las Vegas. Hello, Gabe. Mr. Marv, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, buddy. How's things been? Oh, real, real good. Um, I just, I've been so busy. I haven't had a chance to come over and, and do some shooting. Yeah, we've been missing you over here. Yeah, I know. And I really miss it. And uh, and I, I stay away so long, I keep forgetting... <laughs> How to get started again? <laughs> yeah, it's like a bike, you know. You get really you know when you get to be my you age, you forget up. everything, you know. <laughs> no. At least, uh, as they tell me, that's the second thing to go is the memory. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Gabe, uh, Pacific Archery, um, tell us about your, um, your your terrific shop, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about archery. We'll talk about the, the new phenomenon in archery and and what's going on. Okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah, we're over here in uh, on the back side of Chinatown. Uh, we've been here for about 25 years, same location. Uh, we're open uh, six days a week. The only day we're closed is Thursdays. Um, hours range on Monday. We pretty much open every every day at noon, except for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday's nine to five. Sunday's ten to three. Um, yeah, welcome to come on down and check the place out. Yeah, and. Um you have a full line of archery uh, equipment. Yep, we're a complete pro shop. In fact, Vegas is pro, uh, only pro shop. Um, from we deal from little kids and starter sets to the full-on professional that's going to be you know challenging his own 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 shooting ability at the Vegas tournament coming up in February. Oh, great! Yep, that's the tournament in February, right? I, I I attended it last year before I left for Florida. Correct. Oh. Right. So and um, that's, that was a, that's a terrific tournament. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the one about people are, are going to be over there. Uh, in the meantime, uh, besides um, the full line, line of archery uh, supplies, you have a you have a shooting range in the back of the store, right? Yep, correct. We do. It's uh, 20 yards, uh, is the furthest distance you can shoot. I just redid the uh, the bales, so you got fresh new bales to shoot. Uh, it's got a nice look to it. I uh, cleaned it up a lot more, nice, a little, little nicer, and um, uh, so you can do 20 yards, and I could probably fit oh, probably upwards of 18 to 20 people in here for a, oh, for a great. late night. Great! I, I, last time I was there, I got two bullseyes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which even surprised me. So, 
Anyway, um, tell us about um, about archery, uh, the, uh, a little bit about the history of archery as a sport. Uh, the history of archery goes way, way back. I uh, found uh, a bow and arrow set with, uh, with the Iceman. That was oh, I, no, I understand, but, but I'm talking about as a sport, oh, as, as a competitive sport. sport. Uh, oh, as a sport, you're, you're, you're going back probably late 50s, early 60s. Um, when the when you know Ben Pearson and Earl Hoyt uh, and Allen um, all started creating their <laughs> their compound bows and, and recurves and and it's just it's just involved in, evolved into a, a beautiful um, hobby recreation sport for people of all ages and, and you know and, and uh, abilities. Um, the uh, the Olympics did did wonders. Um, for archery, I mean, it was it was one of the most viewed uh, uh, Olympic sports during the during the past Olympics, um, and uh, people are constantly picking it up to uh, to try their best at, and, and become part of the sport. Uh huh. Now, um, the, the 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 movie uh, I think it was Hunger Games. Uh, did that uh, create the interest at the Olympics? Uh, did that come out after the Olympics? Um, that was on before the Olympics, um, and that just the, that, that that kind of started the whole the phenomenon, archery phenomenon, um, and then everybody who was introduced to archery through the movies um, then focused on on the on the Olympics, and then you throw in the movie that uh, the Disney Pixar movie Brave um, in there about young uh, Marilyn. Um, and she, how she, you know, she shoots archery, and uh, it just, it took the, it took the interest level from, you know, from ten people to a hundred people, um, which is a wonderful thing um, for archery because uh, archery's been one of those kind of, kind of in the shadow type type sports. Uh, yeah, now with like national. like bot- it's like bocce is a sport that's in the shadow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and now now all this all this public publicity has just brought it to light. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible thing. Yeah, that's you know I didn't see the movies, but um, from what I understand, you know everybody's doing um, some really terrific uh, business and and getting a lot of um, different kinds of people. Matter of fact, I, I started with you um, oh maybe about a year or so ago, and. Um, it was, you know, you were you were busy, but not not that busy. Now I come in, and you got you got little kids, you got women, you got it's it's unbelievable. It's a whole mixed uh, bag of people that are coming in there and, and shooting on your range. Yeah, in fact, the kind of kind of the ongoing joke now is that I need to get one of those uh, ticket counters serving now serving so and so now serving number one fifty eight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, through you know through all through all the the, the people in busyness that it comes through. Uh, um, archers are one of the, I'd have to say, one of the finer people out there. Very, uh, very patient, very laid back, um, and uh, are willing to wait and uh, enjoy, enjoy their sport. Right, I know. You know, I noticed that. You know, even when you know everybody gets through shooting their their, their six arrows or whatever, and everybody, everybody waits till everybody's finished, so nobody gets killed. <laughs> But yeah. we all take our time. We wait, and we wait till everybody's able to walk down, and everybody's polite to each other. And it's just, it's just a wonderful, you know, it's a wonderful feeling to to be around there. 
Yes, yes, thank you very much. Um, yeah, everybody's willing to help around here. Um, I've got a lot of my lo- my regulars that come in that are always willing to, you know, lend a hand or to, um, you know, give advice when advice is needed. And, um, yeah, I've got uh, the people in archery are a great support team for each other. So my hat's off to everybody in the archery community. That's great. That's great. So uh, can, can you um, – um, Tell us some of the rules and maybe how to get into competition in archery. Uh, well, some of the guidelines are basic, you know, general safety. You know, don't advance before the line is clear. Um, don't pick up your equipment on uh, uh, when the, while there's other people downrange. Um, respect your partners. Uh, you know, make sure that you're, you know, when you're on the line, it's, uh, uh, it's serious time. You know, you're focusing on your target. You're not you know, laughing and getting in with your partner next to you. You know, we do like to have fun and promote, you know, the archery as a fun sport, but when you step up on the line, it's 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 serious go time. All right. Um, now, say somebody's really interested in archery um, and they want to go, you know, further than just coming into a shop or a shooting range and shooting, they want to get become is – there, are there professional um, archers as opposed to just amateurs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, there's um, – there's quite a few people that that make a, a really good living on um, on professional tournament tournaments and 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 traveling the, the not only the nation but the world. Um, so not only does you know you get to go um, do what you love, but then you get to you know experience the world doing that. So it's, right. Uh, so there is a tour then, right? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's quite a few different tours. Um, uh, we would need a whole hour show to go over the whole entire list of everything that's out there, but um, yeah, I mean, they right. got the so how? World. How? Uh, that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> so, so how does a person um, go about that, that wants to become a professional archer or, or getting get into competitions? How do they go about it? You can um, the, uh, you can visit uh, USA-Archery.org, um, or you can um, visit NFAA. Uh, dash archery dot, uh, dot com um, National Field Archery Association. Um, any of those any of those websites, they'll give you um, shoot schedules, uh, applications to become members, um, and all the all the prudent information to get you into the competitions and and, and the trials that you want to go to. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I noticed that. Um, uh, when I was at the uh, the uh, uh, the convention uh, tournament, whatever you call it, uh, last this past February, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of people competing. Uh, are they all locals? Are the people travel from different places to compete? No, I would say that ninety. Well, on the grand scale of the whole the whole the whole shoot, ninety nine percent of the people have all traveled in here. Um, really? one, one to one and a half percent are for, are, are local. Um, so I mean, people from Hawaii, from uh, Montana, Washington State, uh, New Zealand, Australia, um, France, England, um, Korea. I mean, everywhere they 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 all they all come to come to Vegas for this this huge tournament. Uh, wow! So it's a, that's, that's amazing. Um, it's quite a tournament. It's, it's quite a quite a large number of people. I was really uh, really amazed. 
uh, when I saw it myself. Now that was was that before the film? Yes, that was before the film. Yeah. Okay, so that means that the next tournament is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, they're they're expecting a, a, probably a, a five to five to eight hundred um, individual increase. Wow, wow! Uh, and last year, if I remember the numbers correctly, it was eighteen to two thousand um, shooters. Wow! So quite a quite a quite a good increase this year. They're they're projecting. Uh, and it's um, what? How how old do you recommend uh, a child even to start uh, as an archer? Uh, I would say a good starting age would be five to six. I personally started when I was three, uh, but that's just because I, I was I've born and raised in it. Um, but it's really it's a it's a, uh, a personal mentality um, type thing. If you believe that your kids are young enough or old enough or young enough to follow directions, be safe, um, and make advancements forward, um, then parental discretion is, is fine. No, it's, it's, it's a great sport. I, you know, I don't, I don't get a lot of time to get over there. And, and you know, and I, I always keep um, uh, my, uh, my equipment in my car. Uh, hopefully, you know, I can pop in someday, but I, I never get around to it. But, um, you know, I need to spend more time at it. Um, because I, I really enjoy it. It's a it's a it's a great sport, and it's a it's a sport even I can handle. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's and that's the great thing about archery is from the young to the old to the to the handicapped to the non-handicapped, um, archery doesn't archery doesn't discriminate. Um, anyone who wants to do it can do it. Uh, and they put their mind to it. It's it's something that they can achieve. Um, yeah, it's it's really great. Remember that I've taken my golf clubs out of the uh, car and I just leave my archery equipment in there. So actually, because I got this new car and I don't have any room to put both in there anyway, so I I, I need to keep I keep the archery and not the golf equipment. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, hey, look, Gabe, um, a little bit more about your shop and uh, and your your archery shooting range, and um, and I'll let you go. Sounds like a plan. Well, um, so yeah, our. Uh, Call for business hours. Uh, the phone number is uh, 367-1505. That's a uh, 702 area code. Um, uh, we've got a, an, an adult league starting up on Wednesday. So Wednesday nights will be packed with uh, with adults. Uh, shooting, getting ready for that Vegas tournament coming up. Um, come on down and we can get you all sized up and, and get you shooting in the right direction. Okay. That's, and the address again is? Is four zero eight four shift drive. That's S C H I F F in the and that's uh, off of uh, is it a Valley View? Um, we're actually closer to Wynn and Spring Mountain. Wynn, right? Yeah, yeah. We're back here on the back right. side of Chinatown. Okay, and uh, that's in the back side of uh, of the Las Vegas Chinatown. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. And um, you have equipment from for all levels and. Um, uh, from beginners to advanced, right? Absolutely. Yep. And and we can go down there and, and shoot a a hot toad if we feel like it, and just go out there and relax. Hey, it's, yep. it's good having you on the show again, Gabe. And um, oh, I'm, I'm going to try to. Um, I get the rodeo this week, but I'm going to try to get over one day this week. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. All right. Hey, thank. Actually, I'm going to the, to the rodeo with the with the with somebody. All the archers came from the Indian National Finals Rodeo. It's all 
all um, uh, members, all Native American um, uh, writers. There we go. Yeah, bring them on down. Yeah, I'll mention to some of the people when I'm there. All right, hey, good talking to you. You too, Marv. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Dave. Have a wonderful night. Thanks. All right, that was Gabe from uh, here in Las Vegas. And um, um, I want to mention that that David Alphorn from South Africa really sounded great, uh, sounded like a young David Clayton Thomas, and he did such a great job. But here's the original, uh, here's... um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and Heidi Ho.
Moth. Yeah. You've got you've got a special caller on the line who wants to talk to you. Oh really? Well, let me do a couple of. Uh, well, let me. Who is my special caller? He says he's the heckler. The heckler. The heckler. He's, oh, that's scary. Yeah, he, he wants to shout at you. Is that like a, a Batman kind of thing, the heckler? I don't know. I didn't. I had no idea who it, what it, what it, what he even meant. The heckler. Oh well. All right, heckler. Put him on. You're on. Hello, hey, heckler. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Who's this? This is Don from Boston. From Boston, Don. Yeah. Uh, and you call yourself the heckler, though? Is that like uh, you try to be in a Batman movie or something? Or? No, I just wanted to throw you a little curveball there. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, thanks for calling. Um, How's the weather out there? Uh, the weather is absolutely beautiful. I've got to tell you, um, I've been riding around with, with the top down on my new car, and um, I get very proud that I'm riding around this new car because I was at the... Uh, the SEMA uh, show this past week, uh, the automotive aftermarket show, and my car was, was voted the hottest car. Oh, yeah. I, I saw it on the computer, The uh, some of the different cars they had there. Yeah. Did you see that gold uh, Dodge pickup truck? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty and wild, wasn't it? Some really, really, really spectacular-looking cars and trucks. That I, that's yeah. not, you know, they had these... Yeah. These, they had this original Mustang uh, convertible was 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 absolutely incredible. They had some beautiful stuff over there. It's a great show, and uh, it we, is. we're lucky it is. to have it in Vegas. I'm going to have to pack up my roots and move out there. I think. Uh, you know, you're driving around, you top down on your car, and I had a yeah, big puddle of water in my driveway this afternoon. Now I went I went out there a little while ago, and I was walking on water. Yeah, and you got another storm coming. I understand. Oh yeah, yeah. The, they say we're going to get about three inches of rain, so I'm just glad it isn't snow. Yeah, we're, well, we're missing the snow by about maybe 100 miles. It's going to yeah, be to the oh, north really? of us. That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah well, the weather way hasn't the other, gone you, before, so I'm being sure cold. I get plenty of gas in the snowblower. Uh-huh. Hey. So tell me, how are you handling this election uh, time? Well, I'm going to go do my thing tomorrow. Uh-huh. Now, I ain't going to say who I'm going to vote for, but we can't take another four years of what we had, so. Hey, well, uh, that sounds good to me. You know, I, I voted last week, early voting. Yeah. And, and, the reason, and the reason I voted for early voting, one of the main reasons was when I go to my poll here in my neighborhood here in Vegas, I walk in, and the and they, first thing they say to me, English or Spanish? This is the United States. It's, 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 it's a question that shouldn't be asked. I mean, if you were in Mexico, would they ask you, and you were voting, would they ask you English or Spanish? Of course not. Uh. You know? So every time this happens, I walk out, and I don't get to vote. I get really angry. So, so here I am now, early voting. I figured maybe they won't ask me. I, so I went in. And and I was really happy. Nobody asked me uh, English or Spanish. I go over to the voting machine, and the voting machine asked me English or Spanish. <laughs> you couldn't win, huh? No. So as I was leaving, I was giving my card to this woman who spoke very, very bad English. Um, and um, 
She and I said to her, "This is the last time I'm going to come to vote." She says, "Why?" Is because this is the United States, and, and I'm really unhappy about this English or Spanish nonsense uh, that we have to pick. And she says, "Well, you'll have to learn Spanish." And I thought she was so arrogant saying that to me that I told her to go back to wherever she came from and and and, and speak her Spanish there. You know, I mean, you know, this is. You know, we need to do something. <clears throat> Am I right, Don? Yes, you are. <clears throat> you went blank there for a second. Oh, the only okay. way I'll speak Spanish is learn to speak it is if we get another four years and I have to move to Mexico to get away from it. <laughs> if we get another four years of this, I might move to Israel. Actually, if I moved to Mexico, I probably wouldn't have to speak Spanish. I know how to say tacos and burritos, so that I used to go to Mexico quite quite a bit. You know, from from California when I was visiting California, I spent a lot of time there, a lot of friends there. But I don't go there anymore because it's pretty dangerous to go there with the uh, the with the drug cartels. You know. Oh yeah, it is. So I, anyway, I imagine so, some nice places down there. There's, yeah. Uh, Anyways, in, in this election here, you know, I watch most of the time. I watch Fox News, and I and I and I watch Fox a lot, and and they never call um, the, the liberals and the Democrats. They never call them liars. You never hear them saying. And I watch a lot of it. I turn to MSNBC just for a few minutes each night just to see what how how they're going to take the gas pipe or whatever after this election, and. They keep calling uh, Mitt Romney and the Republicans liars, and, and so you, and, and you hear this. You can't count the amount of times that they call um, the the, uh, the conservatives and the and the Republicans liars and Mitt Romney a liar in just a few minutes that I watch it. And yet oh. I watch Fox long long length of time, and they never call these uh, the other uh, the Democrats liars or the liberals liars. So it's, Fox it's News is the only uh, news. Uh that's unbiased, and they they go right down the middle. As far as every other media, they all they all lean to the Democrat, and they're always down talking Republicans, and they're very biased, you know. And Fox Fox News is, you know, they they tell you like it is, and they don't take sides. Right, you know, I don't care if they take I don't care if MSNBC takes sides. You know, that doesn't bother me because. That's their job, and that's what they do. But to call people liars, you know, almost every other sentence, is really, it really bothers me. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's me what, too. you know, that's that's what I hold against them, Mike. Because you know, as far as um, their opinions and who they should, who they want to vote for, that's that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But you know the other guys aren't calling your guys liars. Why are you calling us, us our guys liars all the time? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. You know, you know what rubbed me the wrong way? They all all that talk about Mitt uh, Romney goes and starts these big businesses up and gets them back online, gets them back in the black instead of the red, and then they ships all all the jobs overseas. The thing is that that's a lie right there because he goes into these companies, straightens them all out. And then he moves on, and what they do after he's gone has nothing to do with him. Right, right. You know that's that's a. I mean, he did he did he did some amazing work, and and people don't realize the, you know the the great work he's done 
helping a lot of these companies, you know? Um, when he was you know, uh, governor here in Massachusetts, he's, he's, we had a deficit here, and he put the whole state back in the black. No more deficit. And, yeah, you know, he, and, and he did that on his uh, on his watch, and, you know, we didn't yeah, have, we don't have a, so many other governors that could ever say that. You live in a that. wacko state that I, I hate to admit that I came from originally. You got a wacko state there because your state is going uh, for Obama tomorrow. No, don't even say that. Yeah, well, I, I you know, I even heard it. Uh, I heard it from some reliable sources today that you guys are going, uh, uh, and maybe even New Hampshire, which is, disturbs me you know, to no end. You know, I'd like to bring up something about Obama when he first took office back four years ago, and it seems like almost everybody has forgotten it. There was an incident here in Cambridge, Mass, where a black college professor arrived home at his house with the police there. And I remember that They story. were there investigating the burglar alarm that went off. And he said right. he lived there. And the police just asked him for identification to verify the fact that it was his house. And he refused to give them any identification. And the professor, the black professor, made a big racist thing out of it. And the next thing you know... Good old President Obama, the leader of the most important country in the world, sticks his nose into a local situation that shouldn't have gone any higher than the city mayor. And he got on it on the TV nationwide, and he went to his father saying that the Cambridge police are stupid and as far as I'm concerned, I always thought that the president of the United States had more important things to worry about than yeah. Well, look, look what he did in New Jersey. He, 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 you know, he went to New Jersey, gave um, gave uh, uh, Governor Christie a big bear hug, and, um, and for a photo op, and then he left and, and left the people uh, in all that trouble there with uh, with gas shortages, uh, lack of power. He did nothing but go there for a photo op uh, hugging uh, Governor Christie. Yeah. You know? If you want to stay on for a few more minutes, um, uh, you can stay with me, but let me do a a couple of reviews here, okay? Okay. All right. I was at the, uh, as I was telling uh, the heckler here, that uh, I'm from, I was at the um, the automotive aftermarket show, and really great people. uh, like uh, Remington, Remington uh, Driving Innovation. Remington is a great company. Uh, they've been around. Um, they've been around a long time. And and what they do is they make uh, they make mats under license from uh, different companies. Uh, they're they're American made, and they make um, uh, auto uh, mats out of um, for um, Michelin and Stanley and uh, and Rubbermaid, and they they make such great. Um, uh, great match, and uh, they do a great job. And I, I just want to uh, mention um, uh, this this wonderful company. It's called uh, Remington. So if you see um, some products, um, uh, the official licensee of Michelin, Rubbermaid, and Stanley, you know it's, it's done by Remington. Also, uh, Roadside Rescue. That's R E S then Q. Uh, Clear Lens Headlight Lens Restorer. If you want to restore your your headlights, and you know what happens. Um, to um, 
uh, plastic and glass uh, damaged by UV agent discoloration. Um, you need um, to, to keep your headlights clear. And um, uh, roadside rescue, that's roadside and R-E-S-Q, or you can go to roadsiderescue.com and, and check out their products, and you'll see um, uh, you'll see this wonderful product um, for clear lens, headlight, uh, lens restorer. By the way, I want to mention that Remington's um, website is Remington IND, Remington Industries, RemingtonIND.com, and uh, Roadside Rescue is uh, Roadside resq.com. Another company uh, that that Don might know. It's a um, it's a company over there in um, in Massachusetts in in Newton, Massachusetts. They make um, uh, great tools like uh, micrometers and calipers and uh, a lot of great measuring um, instruments um, uh, for your car repairs. Um, so if you, you want to check out um, Fowler um, Auto Tools. And you'll find uh, some great, great, great products. And like I said, they're in Newton, Mass. And uh, I don't have a website for them, but you know, when you go to your favorite um, automotive shop, uh, you can uh, you can just check out uh, Fowler Auto Tool Crib. As a matter of fact, I may be able to um, I may be able to um, give you a website. I, I've um, I have one of their calipers. It's a beautiful caliper. It's an electronic caliper. And the reason I have a caliper. Is because I measure, I measure, I make a little jewelry on the side, and I measure stones, and um, it's fbfowler.com. That's fbfowler.com. They're in, they're in Newton, Mass, and I know Newton pretty well because I used to broadcast uh, for many years in the radio station in Newton, WNTN. So um, check them out. Also, another great company is Coast. They make lights, knives, and uh, multi-tools, and they have really terrific products. So if you want a, uh, a great knife or a multi-tool or a great light, uh, check out Coast Products, and they have a beautiful line of products. And they are uh, their website is Coast Portland, Coast Portland, all one word, dot com, and they're, they're a great company. So check them out. And um, I think we still have Dawn on the line. Uh, Dawn, are you there? I'm here. Okay. So, um, so who do you think? I mean, now not because I know who you who you're voting for, but I, I want your honest feeling. Okay, because this is a very close race. Although Dick Morris, who I really respect, says it's going to be a landslide. For for um, Romney, but you know I don't listen to these people anymore, and I don't listen to these polls because these polls change every day, and everybody's got a different poll. Depends on who's paying for the poll. You know, if the Democrats are paying for the poll, then uh, Obama's at it. The Republicans are paying for the poll, then Romney's at it. Gallup is in the middle, and Gallup had Romney up by five or six points last week, and now he's now they get him up by one point. So. Who do you think is going to win this election? It's really hard to say. I'd say it's pretty much up in the air. Um, we have a lot of minority here in uh, the suburbs of Boston, and the uh, the Democrats are known for having all the different uh, programs that uh, tend to favor minorities, and that's where they get all their votes from. And not not so much minorities, but, you know, 
any anybody that's uh, you know like down in the poverty level, uh, all the different programs like food stamps and different things. And you mean the people that are looking for a handout? Yes. Yeah, you know, there's uh, I would say there's probably, yeah, there's a lot of people that really need this help, but I really believe it's being abused to the max, and something should be done about it. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, we need, we need, a, well, we need, a, we need a new regime in there. We need some new people in there, and you know, I want to, I want to thank Billy Graham, uh, the Reverend Billy Graham, a great man. Um, he put a full-page ad in the paper here, and I don't know if he put it in the paper around the country. Excuse me a second. <coughs> I get this cough. I can't get rid of it. And uh, there was a full-page ad in our local paper here, and, and although Billy Graham didn't endorse anybody in particular, he said he did say in his full-page ad to uh, to vote for the um, the candidate who – who believes and is close to the Bible, <coughs> and also um, those who support the state of Israel. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I wanted to I touch on something else. Great. I just happened to think of it. You, uh, hey, you uh, were from uh, Massachusetts uh, originally, and uh, I'm sure you and know we'll, about we'll, um, we'll the Well, take me I really get a cough. Sorry, I think think the both oh. of you. Sorry, I think both of you were speaking at the same time. What's that, Marv? Oh, that's okay. I I wanted you to uh, um, take off my mic because I had a cough really badly, but that's okay. I already did it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, John, um, I didn't like yeah, these the phone calls that we get. Okay. okay, I think I talked over you. You're breaking up a little bit. How do you like these phone calls we get every day? Uh, what was that? How do you like the uh, political phone calls we get every day? Oh, I'm, I'll be glad they'll be over tomorrow. Uh, I, I was watching a show the other night on television, and it was about the town of Lawrence here in Massachusetts. <coughs> and they said that 25% of the registered voters are not citizens. That illegal immigrants. Really? Where, a lot where is of, this? Uh, voting with uh, different names. Where, where is this? The town of Lawrence. Really? Yes. You know, that's amazing. And, you know, we, we've got we, we got some something that really bothers me. We've got observers coming in to observe this election tomorrow. And and uh, some uh, several states around the country. I think Texas and Iowa and maybe some other states. And these observers are from countries that can't even uh, control their own elections. They're from from Pakistan and and Kazakhstan and and the Ukraine. I mean, why are these people coming in to observe our election? And and I know I and I know the the. Um, the Democrats are behind and push for this, and uh, this is, this is pretty amazing to me. Now, I didn't hear anything about that. Oh, I want to yeah. touch on one other thing. I noticed the uh, the music intro into your show was uh, some saxophone music, 
And it's an instrument I started to play this past summer. I started to pick up on it. And uh, I cannot read any sheet music, but uh, my father-in-law came over one night, and he showed me pretty much the basics. And I'm really, I think I'm really starting to catch on to it now. Now if I can, if I can look at the music and translate it from my eyes to my brain and then down to my fingertips so I can play the horn, that would that would be a miracle, I think. But right, everybody says my the noise I make with it isn't uh, as deafening as great. it used to be. So I, I must be doing a little I wrote, better. I wrote that tune with, along with a guy named Al Vega. Do you know who Al Vega is? Oh yes, yes, he's a. Al Vega and I wrote that uh, tune called Mild Melody, and that's South Spicola on 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 sax, and we made it at the Aerosmith Studio in um, in uh, in Boston. Yeah, Aerosmith had a big uh, free concert right in front of their old apartment house there on uh, uh, Commonwealth hey, Avenue. I'm running, I'm running light on time uh, because I want to. I want to. I want to play something for the troops. Okay, so if um, if uh, Cedric is hearing me, I want you to cue up "God Bless the Child" by Billy Holiday. And uh, hey, thanks for calling, Don. Appreciate it. Okay, it's always nice to talk to you, Mav. Thanks. I want to dedicate this song to uh, to the and to uh, the, the, to all our troops overseas that are um, that are fighting for us and, and keeping this country safe, and uh, to all the people that died, especially the um, the veterans of the Vietnam War, and I, I want to uh, really give them a, a great tribute. And here's um, here's Billy Holiday and God bless the child. <laughs> Them that's got shall have, them that's not shall lose. So the Bible said, and it still is news. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. Yes, the strong gets more While the weak ones fade Empty pockets don't Ever make the grade Mama may have Papa may have But God bless the child That's got his own that's got his own Monday You've got lots of friends They're crowding round your door But when you're gone And spending relations give crust the bread and such you can help yourself 
but don't take too much. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. Yeah, Mob Cutler here, live from Vegas, and I want to thank you for listening. Uh, next next show, I'll be uh, somewhere in the San Diego area um, doing the show live from there. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. Have a marvelous weekend. Ciao. Clearwater, Tampa Bay, WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, KLRG, Sheridan, Little Rock, and FM 94.5, K233BF, Little Rock.